Welcome to the Story Forest, a podcast of original tales for curious and adventurous children. Welcome back to the Story Forest, a podcast of original tales for curious and adventurous children. It's the first episode of our brand new series. Join Dig, Doug and Dora Dashway as they face a mystery and start something exciting. Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. The Hidden Hound The Dashways were strange children, lots of people said. Most people said it behind their backs, but a few said it straight to their faces, and so they knew quite well that it was what was thought. In a way, they didn't mind this at all. It provided a category to put themselves in, and as a category, it felt as though it fitted rather nicely. There were three of them, and they were each strange in their own particular way. Some people said they were strange because of their parents. Their artist father, who was often present in body but not in mind, and who their mother hadn't been able to bear to live with. She left their home a few years before, and some people said that that was why they were strange. Diggory, in particular, would have been cross to be so dismissed. His strangeness was all his own, thank you very much. He was the oldest, and his strangeness was always thinking of schemes and projects and ideas, and often doing them too, quite unlike the other boys at school who were usually thinking about football and video games. Dig liked to think of himself as a military commander or the boss of a superhero squad or a spy master. Douglas, or Doug, came second and he was very different. He was quieter, more thoughtful and less prominent than Dig tended to be. But behind what sometimes looked like shyness, his mind was always whizzing and whirring. Doug was never satisfied. He was always fiddling or trying to think of improvements or inventions. He had taken his bike apart and put it together again 20 times and it was now the smoothest and speediest bike of all the boys at school. He had fixed the doorbell when it broke. He had invented a catapult which you could set off from five and a half metres away. Rosemary, or Rosie, or usually Dor, for her middle name Dora, seemed the opposite of her brothers, especially Dig. She was slight, small for her age, and to look into her eyes often seemed to be looking into another, stranger and more wonderful world. She often seemed hardly to be present, and said odd things, but... She adored her brothers and they adored her, and despite appearances, she was often useful to them, as we will come to see. Dora loved animals and drawing, and most of all, drawing animals. Her sketches showed some of her father's talent, and grown-ups were often very impressed. Today, the children walked into the village of Little Bramlington and were surveying the scene. It was the first stop of their summer holiday tour, undertaken in their old tumble-down caravan with Dad. They were stopping at a series of small scenic villages in the Wolderburn Valley, full of thatched houses covered in flowering plants, little streams and pockets of lovely woodland, 
and their job was to amuse themselves during the day while Dad painted. Doug suppressed a sigh. Oh, though the villages were indeed pretty, even the kids could see that, they didn't necessarily look like the most fun places to spend your summer holidays. Look, a notice board, Dig called out, striding across the square. Let's have a look. The others followed, as they almost always did. They surveyed the large wooden space, equipped with its own roof and plastic doors, without much hope. The children were quiet as they read notices, advertising ballet classes, old furniture, fresh eggs and free compost. There was a big bright poster advertising the Walderburn Valley Summer Shows, which looked promising until they looked at the titles. This week there was a dog show. Next, it was vegetables. Dig and Doug were about to turn away again when Dora climbed up onto the edge of a wall so that she could see the top of the notice board. There was a small, scrappy piece of paper which she removed carefully. On it was a picture of a golden spaniel and written in shaky capital letters, Lost Dog, Much Beloved, Reward If Returned, Answers to Horatio, Please call on Felicity Vanbrook, 34 Main Street. Dor gasped, and the boys crowded round to see what she had. Doug put his arm around her, as he could see that her eyes had suddenly filled with tears. He's probably found by now, he said, consolingly. Maybe we should check. Dig's mind had started speeding ahead at a million miles an hour. Here, at last, was something to do, a mystery and a challenge. Perhaps Horatio had made his way home, but perhaps he had not. And maybe he, Diggory Dashway, would be the one to find him. He imagined, very briefly, an interview with him on the news, asking how he had done it. Could we? Dora looked up at him beseechingly and the decision was made. Let's go straight away, Diggory declared. The main street proved to be the one they were already on, and it did not take very long to walk to number 34. Outside, the three of them paused, took a breath, and then Diggory reached forward determinedly and rang the doorbell. There was the sound of footsteps from inside, and then a moment when Douglas imagined someone looking through the spy hole and realised that they wouldn't be seen as they wouldn't be tall enough. He was just thinking about how to configure an adjustable one when the door swung open. Inside stood an older woman with white flyaway hair and fancy-looking bright-coloured patterned clothes that didn't seem to quite match. Dora's mouth dropped open and Diggory spoke hastily to divert attention. Uh... Hello, Miss Vanbrook. We're Diggory, uh, Douglas and Rosemary Dashway. We saw the notice about your dog and wondered if you found him yet. To the boy's horror, Miss Vanbrook's eyes filled with tears. Oh dear, she said, reaching into her pocket. He has not, dear children, he has not. Would you like to see a picture of him? Such a nice boy. I do miss him dreadfully. Come on in. She disappeared down the corridor, and the Dashways looked at each other. Then Dora stepped inside. The house was filled with brightly coloured odds and ends, arranged pleasingly, 
and many photos of a golden spaniel who must be Horatio. The lady had flopped onto a sofa and the boys stood almost to attention in the middle of the room while Dora wandered a little, looking at things. We wondered if we might be able to look for him, Diggory said, trying to look grown up. We're uh, visiting here and we'd like to help. Miss Vanbrook dabbed her eyes. Of course, that would be lovely. Thank you. Great, Diggory said, and Doug looked at him out of the corner of his eye. He knew his brother well. He knew that Diggory had got a grand idea in his head, had realised it, and now had absolutely no idea what to do about it. Douglas thought about what he would do if he was trying to invent something. First, he would have to look around and work out exactly what was going on. Please, could you tell us about Horatio and how and when he disappeared and um, anything else that you think is useful? Doug said. At this point, Dora walked over to the sofa and sat down next to Miss Vanbrook. Horatio looked like a really lovely dog, she said softly, her big eyes staring. Miss Vanbrook sniffed again. Oh dear, yes, he is. I love him so much. It's only him and me and I miss him. He went missing around a week ago. I had let him out for a walk but had to rush back inside for my wallet. When I came back out, he was gone. I looked and called for hours but nothing. Diggory was back in action now that the problem was in full view. Did you see anyone about Miss Vanbrook? Or can you think of anyone who would want to steal him? Dora patted the lady on the shoulder gingerly as she continued. There was no one around. That was the great mystery. And no one would want to hurt poor Horatio. He is the most wonderful of dogs. Why, he has won Dog of the Show at the Walderburn Valley Dog Show for the last four years. In that moment, Douglas felt like a dog when its ears prick up at an unfamiliar sound. Miss Vanbrook, is there anyone who might not be too pleased that he wins every year? Miss Vanbrook blinked, then her mouth fell open. I, I see, you're... You're suggesting that someone might have... Oh, surely no one, but yes, maybe? The Dashways stared at her through this odd pronouncement and then she furrowed her brow and spoke quite purposefully. There are, there are three people I can think of, all who have a rather too high opinion of their dogs. First, Roger Hendon. Second, Emily Baines. Third... Humphrey Alcott, yes. She seemed to have made up her mind and stared at Dig. Diggory, was it? Find a biscuit in that purple tin. I'll write down their addresses, then you can investigate. A few minutes later, the children were on the street again, clutching the addresses scrawled on a torn-off piece of newspaper and chewing slightly soft ginger biscuits. Douglas insisted on them making a plan and then going back to the caravan to collect his magnifying glass. 
When they were there, Dad wandered in and made them beans on toast, so it was afternoon by the time they went to the house of the first name on the list, Roger Hendon. It was a little way out of the village and was more fancy than Miss Vanbrook's had been. They rang the doorbell with Dora and Diggory standing on the doorstep and Douglas hiding, ready to look around for clues. The door opened to reveal a dog with a long face, floppy brown ears and big mournful eyes. Dora looked up to see Roger Hendon, a man with a long face, floppy brown hair and big mournful eyes. She blinked. We're here looking for a missing dog, Diggory said importantly. Miss Vanbrook has lost Horatio. Have you seen him? Roger shook his head slowly and spoke in a deep, mournful voice. Horatio is a lovely dog. It's very sad news. Poor Felicity has been simply devastated. He glanced down at his dog. Why, if poor old Bubbles ever... Well... He seemed overcome with emotion and stopped. Thank you for your help, Dora said, taking Dick's hand firmly. Goodbye. At the end of the lane, Dora said, He could never hurt a dog. He loves Bubbles too much. You didn't see anything, did you, Doug? Doug, who had been peering in windows and examining anything he could poke his magnifying glass at, shook his head. On to the next house. Emily Baines lived in a small house the other side of the village. When she opened the door, Diggory and Dora stared rather rudely. Everything inside her house was pitch black. Emily herself was wearing black from head to toe. She had dark eye makeup on and next to her was a small, black, fluffy dog. Dig recovered and asked about Horatio as Douglas looked in a side window. But all of them were already pretty sure that Emily hadn't got Horatio. He could never stay hidden against all that black, Douglas said as they walked away. Emily Baines had been polite but brief with them. She said she didn't know anything. Just one more house to go, Douglas said, and they walked back to the centre of the village, then went a little way along a small track. It had a sign with three house names on, and the Dashways were going to the last one, which belonged to Humphrey Alcott. This was an impressive house. It seemed so big that Dora wondered if a person could get lost inside, let alone a dog. This time, when they rang the doorbell, there was no answer. After they had waited for a long time, they decided to have a look through the windows. Dora spotted a pair of dark greyhounds lying on a large cushion and Diggory was very impressed by the paintings of battles and hunting but it was Douglas who found the first piece of evidence. He had found a kennel, and in the kennel he had found some pieces of hair. They weren't grey, like the greyhounds. They were long, golden pieces of dog hair. Dora gasped. It looked like Horatio had been in that kennel. Just then, a car zoomed up the drive and a man parked and got out of his jeep, staring at them furiously. What are you kids doing here? Get out! Go on! Where is Horatio? Diggory said loudly, and Doug and Dor were very impressed at his courage. 
Humphrey Alcott's face went very, very red and he spluttered. What? I mean, who? We've found his hair just here. We've got proof. Diggory spoke strongly, risking everything, even though he couldn't be sure it was Horatio's hair. He held it up to the light and in front of them, Humphrey seemed to shrink and crumple. Oh dear, he said, and he began to look dreadfully worried. I knew something like this would happen. He sighed deeply. Please, Mr Alcott, Dora spoke now. Miss Vanbrook misses Horatio very much. If you know anything that could help. I do, Humphrey Alcott said, but it has to come with a terrible confession. He sighed again. Well, I suppose I must. You see, that dog has won the dog show for four years in a row. He's a lovely dog, but my greyhounds, well, I just thought they deserved a chance. He moved to lean on a gatepost as though he needed the support. It wasn't planned or anything. I was just driving through the village and I saw Horatio out on the street. Before I knew it, I had him in the car and was driving him away. I wasn't going to do anything bad to him, just keep him out of the way until after the show. He sighed deeply again. Oh, I think I would have come to my senses and taken him back before long. But he escaped just an hour or two after we got here. I must not have tied him up properly, and I haven't seen him since. I know poor Felicity has been devastated, but I just... I couldn't tell everyone. The kids stared for a moment. Humphrey Alcott looked absolutely terrible. The best thing we can do now is try to find Horatio, Dora said gently. Maybe he's still okay. Do you have any idea where he went? Dig asked. And Mr Alcott shook his head emphatically. The Dashways decided wordlessly that it was time to search rather than speak and Mr Olcott looked as though he wasn't going to be much more use anyway. They went back out into the lane and were about to turn back towards the village when Doug exclaimed. He was bending down, examining the ground with his magnifying glass. He had found some more golden dog hair by the side of the house that was further out of the village. The lane had stopped where they stood, really, but a small path wound up into the hills. The dashways began to climb. They looked, they called, they searched. Doug didn't find any more hair, and they were all about to give up and go back to their caravan when they came upon a small sort of shed. It had lots of different sections built onto it and odd things poking out of the side. There were some wet clothes hung on a line. It was the strangest place they had ever seen. Douglas loved it. Without consulting the others, Dora, who had a feeling about this, went and knocked on the door. When it opened, it revealed a very strange-looking man and a beautiful, bouncing golden spaniel who jumped up at Dora. She threw her arms around its neck and it licked her face. This be your dog? the man asked. Diggory looked at him carefully. 
He was weather-beaten, wore very shabby clothes, had long, unruly eyebrows and seemed part of a different world somehow. But he looked kind. No, Diggory said firmly, but his owner has been missing him for a long time. How did you come to have him? Found him outside, the man said. He was hurt. Took him, fed him, helped him get better. Don't go to the village much. He scratched the back of his ear and Diggory felt as though he understood why. We've got to take him back to his owner now, Dig said gently. And the man nodded, gave Horatio's head a ruffle and disappeared behind the door. The Dashways and the dog began to process back down the lane. The reuniting of dog and owner was everything you could want it to be. Felicity Vanbrook cried and laughed and exclaimed and hugged and stroked and cuddled and Horatio didn't seem to want to be more than ten centimetres away from her at any one time. She thanked the Dashways profusely and offered them a reward of fifty pounds. Diggory was about to accept when Dora chimed in and explained how the man in the shed had looked after Horatio and helped him get better, and they all agreed that the money should go to him instead. While they were there, Miss Vanbrook got a call from Humphrey Alcott, in which he apologised and said he was withdrawing from the competition. Miss Vanbrook was very cross with him, but Dora thought it would be all right in the end. After all of this, it was definitely time to get back to Dad, as even he would notice if they didn't show up for supper. So they said farewell to Miss Vanbrook and Horatio and went back through the village towards the caravan. That was fun, Douglas said, kicking at stones on the floor. I'm glad we found Horatio, Dora said with a deeply happy sigh. We should start a detective agency. Dig said. The others stopped and stared. That was our first mystery, but we'll solve all sorts this summer. I've even got a name. Listen to this. The Dashaway Detectives. Because it's almost our name and because we're in a caravan, so we dash away after solving each mystery. Dora laughed into the dusky sky and Darg repeated the name, the sounds rolling around in his mouth. The Dashaway Detectives. They grinned at each other, then linked arms and carried on walking into the summer evening, stars beginning to sparkle in the dark portion of the sky. And thus the Dashaway Detectives and the summer began. The end. Thanks for listening. Do you think you're most like Diggory, Douglas or Dora? We'd love to hear. Don't forget, we've got lots of other series and stories available, from time travel to castles, to ships and monsters.